True Tunes episode of Drinks and a Show. My name's Cassie. Don't forget to give the show a follow on Instagram and Twitter. The handle for those is Drink Show Pod. And check out the Spotify playlist I created with all the fave songs from the shows I've done on the pod so far. So this True Tunes episode is about the musical Gypsy and the true story behind Gypsy Rosalie, a famous dancer slash entertainer. The show is based around her memoir she wrote in 1957, titled so creatively, Gypsy, a memoir. Two years after this memoir was released in 1959, this show, Gypsy, a musical fable, was performed. Music is by Jules Stein, lyrics by Stephen Sondheim, and the book by Arthur Lawrence. Since this began in 1959, there has been plenty of productions of this musical and even movie adaptions too. I was able to have access to the 2015 West End Revival with Imelda Staunton, who played Mrs. Umbridge in the Harry Potter series, but don't worry, her playing Mama Rose in this musical doesn't make her any less unlikable. Can you believe it? So I'll discuss the musical and then I'll get into the real deal behind the real Gypsy Rose Lee. In 1925, and there are a bunch of kids who are being vaudeville stars in Uncle Jocko's Kiddie Show. There is June, who has a Shirley Temple kind of vibe, and her sister Louise, who is older and not as good as June is. June is giving like 110% while it seems like Louise is flat on about giving a 50% in their performances. They sing this song sometimes called May We Entertain You or Let Me Entertain You. Uncle Jocko is not quite impressed, and it doesn't help that when their mum, Rose, interrupts and starts being over-the-top stage mum. She's trying to get her kids the best gig and talking them up while just shutting all the other kids down, saying like, oh, that one's crap, my daughter's better at this. Cut back to the apartment and Rose is talking about what the next big thing for her kids' act is going to be. And she's planning for it to all revolve around little June, even if it means Louise has to play in the background even as the boy. So obviously the end game is to end up in LA and become famous. However, they need the money. You can't just be putting on vaudeville shows for free because you need costumes, you need a place to perform them, things like that. So Rose is asking her dad. He isn't too keen on her trying to make these kids have these dreams that aren't going to come true. He goes, you're filling their heads with lies. I don't want to support you doing this to the kids. He thinks that Rose is better off settling down with a man and Rose is like, nah, three husbands was enough. She sings Some People, where she's singing how some people are fine with doing nothing with their lives, but she's going to make her kids big stars. It was too late for her, but for a small price of 88 bucks, it can be easier. And her dad's like, I'm not giving you 88 bucks. And she ends up taking something that belongs to her dad, this plaque on the wall, which she is going to go sell, obviously, to get her act. And then we see like a little transition where she's on her way to LA. She's picking up a few stray boys to join the act for June. She's demanding to this guy called Weber to take her kids for his theater. And at first he's like, no. But then this guy Herbie's there and goes, I saw these kids previously. They're totally great. You should sign them on. And then 
she starts talking to get to know Herbie and finds out that he used to be an agent and he actually kind of has a small crush on Rose. So she tries to convince him to be the girl's manager now through the song Small World and it works. We see the musical number titled Baby June and the Newsboys where we see Louise as one of the newsboys. We are pushed forward a few more years. In all one apartment, we have the family. So we've got the two daughters, Rose, Herb's living there as well. And also those guys that they picked up on the way to LA to be part of the background. They're celebrating Louise's birthday and it's joked around how she still has 10 candles on her cake, just like all the previous years. And Rose is like, you're all 10 if anyone asks, okay? So even though they definitely all look a lot older, Rose is still trying to push the act that they're all young kids. So that's what makes them cute. Herbie comes in with Louise's present, which is a soft toy lamb, and Mr. Goldstone, who is happy to get them to perform on the Orpheum circuit, which is like a huge deal. Rose sings Mr. Goldstone, I love you, because this is like her dream come true, obviously for her kids, but mainly her dream. And then we have Louise singing to her new lamb toy friend, wondering how old she actually is by singing the song Little Lamb. We see Herbie try to propose to Rose. However, she does reject him and he's like, fine, maybe I'll leave. And she goes, nah, and sings, you'll never get away from me. And she says she'll marry him once her kids have made the big time. And unable to resist Rose, he gives in. We see the kids have a new musical number, kind of. Um, They're no longer newsboys, there's farm boys. Uh, June is known as Dainty June and Louise is there. However, she's dressed up in the cow suit. So they're auditioning for their spot on the Orpheum circuit and he even offers to pay for her to go to acting school. All it means is just breaking up the act and another condition is that Rose isn't allowed to be around. And June's like, oh my God, opportunity of a lifetime. Let's totally do it. And Rose is like, "Mm, nope, not going to let this happen and starts yelling at them and tries to broker another deal. While this is happening, the two girls, Louise and June, imagine how much better their life would be if Rose was just married to a normal guy and wasn't obsessed with making them famous. June thinks about how she could probably just make it on her own without the mum like forcing June down everyone's throat and Louise just literally wants a normal home. She's fine just going to school, coming back and not having to worry about much other things. And the song's called If Mama Was Married. Later on, we see one of the boys has created his own act. So his name's Tulsa, but all he needs for this act to be perfect is a girl. And this song is called All I Need Is The Girl. And he's singing this to Louise and Louise is thinking like, oh my God, I could be that girl. While waiting to go to the next town, two of the boys are asking if they can leave the show. We don't know why they want to leave, but we see Louise is handing her mother a letter where we find out that June has eloped with Tulsa and they've gone off to perform their own act. So these guys knew that without June, the act ain't going to be successful. So they're like, oh, let's get out while we can. Rose is extremely upset about this. And Herbie's like, Rose, this is our chance to get married. You know, June's gone off to do her own thing. Let us have a normal life. And Louise is so excited about it. She goes, yes, mama, let's do this. But Rose is like, no, this is finally the opportunity to make Louise the star. And she's like, oh, I know you've been here the whole time, but you've always been talented, which is not what she has been saying previously. 
but we end act one on her singing everything's coming up roses where she's now deciding that they're going to make an act revolving around louise on to act two we see rose trying to make a june-esque act but with louise even making her wear a blonde wig. Louise and Herbie try to tell her this isn't the way to go about it. But ever so optimistic, Rose gets them to sing together wherever we go. They're all still going to be together during this moment and come up with a new act. And this new act is where it's going to be that all the other girls in the background are going to be blonde and Louise is the star, so she's going to be the only one with brown hair. As time is going on, vaudeville venues are few and far between. So the only gig they were able to get into was at a burlesque house. How they get this gig is that the burlesque house uses this family-friendly act so that when the police come in trying to shut them down for being, I don't know, risque, they're like, oh no, there's just a, just some gals performing here, nothing sexy going on, let's leave. So we see backstage in the dressing room, Rose is like, hmm, you know what, I'm not happy with doing a gig here, no daughter of mine is going to work in burlesque. And Louise is like, mom, we need the money. Rose ends up proposing to Herbie, realizing that with vaudeville over, maybe it is time to live a normal life. And they agree to marry when the show closes. So they're only expected to be in this burlesque club for like two weeks. We meet Tessie, who is one of the main gals in the burlesque show. She sees an item of clothing that she really likes that Rose is wearing and is told that, oh, Louise actually made it. And she agrees to pay Louise some money to make some clothes for her. And Rose is like, oh, great, like another opportunity for us to make money. So she goes off to try and find some materials or other belongings that are in the other dressing rooms. Tessie is asked by the guy running the burlesque house if she can do a quick act of feed lines to the comic. She goes, mm, no, I don't do that. I don't feed lines because Tessie, you know, she's the main gal. You don't stoop to that level. He even offers her an extra $10 and Louise like, I'll do it. That's all I got to do. Feed lines. Yeah, I'll totally do it. Rose is a bit iffy about the whole situation. Like she doesn't want her daughter stripping, even though it's not. But she's like trying to talk her daughter up. She's like, my daughter's traveled everywhere doing vaudeville. And Louise is like, yeah, my grandpa even says we've traveled the country like gypsies. Tessie is like, well, you may be a gypsy Rose and goes, whoa now that would be a good stripping name for you rose is like no she would never and once we're done here we are back to vaudeville and then rose ends up leaving again louise is introduced to two other dancers mazeppa and miss electra louise mentions that she can't be a stripper because she doesn't have any talents and they're like uh you don't need a talent to be a stripper slash burlesque dancer you just get a gimmick that makes you stand out. And they sing, you got to get a gimmick. Mazeppa's gimmick is that she does it all with like a trumpet slash horn while she's dancing. Miss Electra has her private parts lighting up with lights. And Tessie's gimmick is making the butterfly on her crotch area bump by thrusting. We're then there on the last day that Louise's act is meant to be performing there and Herbie is there ready to marry Rose he's talking about how excited he is to do it we overhear that the main star stripper has been arrested for soliciting so they have a spare spot and they need someone to fill it quick Rose hears this and for a girl who just two weeks earlier was saying no my daughter's never gonna strip she's gonna make a big in vaudeville offers up Louise to do it and they're like huh what's her gimmick huh 
And they're like, uh, she's young. And they're like, all right, cool, whatever. Let's just have her do it. Louise is unsure about doing this, but with her mum trying to be excited about it and like kind of guilting her into it, she does it a bit reluctantly. Rose comes up with the idea to do it to June's old song, the Let Me Entertain You, and saying that, you know, you don't need to strip fully, just drop a shoulder strap and make him beg for more, and then don't give it to them. Herbie is literally sick to his stomach, and this is what makes him break up with her, and after an emotional fight, he eventually leaves. In her first performance, Louise only removes her gloves, and begins talking to the audience, which is now her gimmick, you know, just including them in on the show. After this first performance, we see Louise performing and she's getting more and more confident each show that she's doing. She's also removing more and more clothing. Louise is now a huge star known as Gypsy Rose Lee. Rose is like, you got to remember where you came from and that this is just temporary. You're going to be a star, an actor, not just a burlesque dancer. She goes, Mama, no, June's the actress. I'm the highest paid burlesque dancer in the business. They have like a huge argument and Rose is trying to bring down the success that Louise has made. And Louise is like, I don't give a fuck. I love my life. As someone who said I've had no talent my whole life, I've shown you how far I can go. She does like break it down easy and is like, I appreciate what you've done for me, Mum." How about, like, I pay for you to run your own acting school? You love kids. You love making them stars. Let's do that. And Rose is insulted. She's like, what did I do all this for then, huh? Just for you to just hide me away into some acting school? And Louise is like, uh, I thought you did all this for me because you wanted me to have a better life. Rose storms out. And then she has a monologue of talking about how she missed her chance on making it the big time, so she was vicariously living through her own daughters, making them famous because that's all she ever wanted. We have probably one of the most famous songs from this musical called Rose's Turn. And we have Rose singing, like, when's it going to be Rose's turn to be in the spotlight? After this song, Louise appears and she tells her mother that maybe if Rose herself had had a mother like Rose, she would have been able to push her the way that she has been able to push Louise to make herself who she is today. She ends up consoling her mother and they make up and that's how the musical ends. Is that the true story of how Gypsy Rose Lee came to be? What happened to June? Was her mum worse or better than portrayed? Let's get into that part. So some details I got is from... Obviously, stuff over the internet, you know, we're not in 2021 if we ain't just using the internet to find stuff. But also from the book American Rose, A Nation Laid Bare, The Life and Times of Gypsy Rose, written by Karen Abbott. In the opening of the book, Karen Abbott said she spoke to June herself and it is safe to say June was not happy with how the musical and Gypsy's memoir made her out to be. Overnight, she'd had fans who'd actually liked her for her work and then to being called a brat. Gypsy Rose Lee was born the 8th of January 2011, originally named Ellen June Hovick. However, when her younger sister was born about a year and a half later, in 1912, their mother decided that that name better suited her younger sister and gave her Ellen June and now the oldest is called Rose Louise. Mama Rose would forge their birth certificates all the time depending on how old she needed either of the kids to be, whether it be to avoid child labour laws or to have them to be younger for things to be cheaper or free. 
Both girls shared the same father named John Hovick, also known as Jack, who their mum, Rose, married when she was 18. The dad was a bit of a dropkick, depends on who you believe. If you believe him, he wasn't. (laughs) And then if you believe some of these other reports, he is. He would beat Rose every now and then. And one time, even Louise. He was also stingy with their money, not wanting to spend it on livable conditions for the family. However, Jack has said his reason for leaving that instead of dance lessons, he bought his daughters a kitten. And when leaving for work in the morning, they'll play with the cat, having a nice time. And he arrived home that night with the kitten dead, like it'd been killed. And he says that was by Rose. And he was so scared by that, that he left that evening and never returned. Rose married her second husband named Judson Brenneman in 1916. He was a traveling salesman. This marriage only lasted a few months with Judson claiming Rose was cruel in many ways and she uses settlement money from this divorce to pay for the two girls to have dancing lessons. Rose would tell her daughters where they'd come from. June was tucked inside the petals of a lovely rose while Louise was plucked from a cabbage leaf. Rose had her and her daughters move in with her father, Grandpa Thompson. She did ask for him to help them make the big time and he did help by helping them put on a show by playing the piano and paying for a bunch of it. It was all a hit, mainly because of baby June. Louise was there too, but not the star of the show. Grandpa Thompson wasn't approving of this kind of lifestyle for the kids. June actually did get quite a bit of work in silent films, and Rose did whatever she needed to do to make June successful. For example, she would tell June that her favourite dog has died to get her to cry for a crying scene, and literally covering up her chicken pox to still a attend an industry party which was against doctor's orders at the time. Rose stated that the reason other kids got roles in movies over June was because Rose refused to visit the casting couch aka sleep with someone for her to get the role. So she decided Fordville was the way to go. Once again Grandpa Thompson had to pay the upfront cost of this. They traveled with a Fordville show not being top billing but they'll take what they could get. Their mother started seeing Murray Gordon who Herbie and the Musical is pretty much based on. Gordon did try to make Rose better in a few circumstances. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. He was successfully able to actually get the two daughters to go to the dentist, where a lot of work had to be done. A fellow performer known as the Darling Davina, female Adonis, would talk heaps of shit about Dainty June and the act as a whole. Rose's response to this was to write her a letter saying, Someone is following you and within two weeks, your body will be found. So that's how low Rose would stoop when anyone's trying to talk shit about her daughters. While traveling around, Louise was treated like the ensemble boys and even had to sleep in the same bed as them while June had one all to herself. Child protection was onto these traveling shows at that time called Prevention of Cruelty to Children. They did take a whole bunch of the kids at one point, but Rose got her dad to pull some strings and have a lodge master speak to their good character and say they are fit to look after the girls. And from what I understand, that's related to the Freemasons. This worked and they were released back into Rose's care under the condition that they were to have a tutor. Miss Thompson was the name of the tutor and she did her job well. However, she was fired after she had found out Louise and June had shoplifted and made them confess and go back to the shop itself. Rose did not like this. She took the side of her daughters and ended up firing the tutor. Louise may not have been a better dancer than June. However, she actually could perform an act. She wasn't a dud like they try and portray in the musical. 
When they added the cow to the performance, Louise wasn't actually in the costume. And when the opportunity did come up, Rose allowed Louise to act in a scene with Fanny Bryce. Her character was a flapper girl, and when trying on the costume, Louise was very nervous as it wasn't a modest outfit. The scene did eventually get taken out. As they got older, their act didn't have the same zazz as it did before. June, no longer a baby and looking a bit older, and at 14, Louise was unable to play a tomboy or be a demure doll girl. And even the boys in the show are no longer able to fit in their costumes. In the 1920s, radio became a huge deal and this meant less crowds are going to vaudeville shows. Theatres used to show movies and vaudeville shows are now just dropping the vaudeville part and only showing movies. June was getting restless. After she had what a doctor diagnosed as a breakdown and said June needs to take a break, which Rose didn't listen to, she was feeling different towards performing and her mother. Gordon even tried telling Rose that they're getting older and they can't keep doing the same thing. Louise never really liked Gordon, but was surprised at how well he was at a being able to stand their mother. However, you can only fight so much and have nothing change. So Gordon ended up leaving. Rose decided to head to New York. However, finding gigs without Gordon proved tough. There were boys in the act who did decide to leave. So she went out on the streets to find some more boys and she found Bobby Reed, a 17-year-old dancer. Bobby and June ended up getting real close. An example of where Rose shows that she was more than just a stage mom. She was quite a dangerous person. She got in a huge fight with a hotel manager and pushed them out a window, literally killing them. It is not specified for what reason she did it, but it was deemed as self-defense and she was never charged with murder. Towards the end of 1928, June leaves a note how she has eloped with Bobby Reed and has run away with him. June was about 16 at this time. Rose called the police to find her daughter and Bobby. They located Bobby and asked for Rose to shake his hand and to get along. Bobby held out his hand for it to be shaken. Mama Rose pulls out a gun and goes to shoot Bobby in the chest. However, she didn't undo the safety lock, so therefore no bullets were able to come out. The police tried restraining her and she still managed to get away and attacked Bobby. For some reason, she was let go without charging her for anything, not even attempted murder, and she returned home to where Louise was. Here, she asked Louise to promise to never leave her. Louise said she can't promise that, and just consoled Rose as she cried. They went back to Grandpa Thompson's home in Seattle to start over. The new act will be based around Louise, with no boys whatsoever. Louise was very good at making costumes, so that in the musical was accurate. This new act with Louise and the girls was called Madame Rose's Debutantes and sometimes Madame Rose and her dancing daughters. Each girl had their own persona like the Spice Girls and they still included being dressed in the cow costume. That's something that they just were not going to give up. Sometimes Rose would even give herself a musical number. Meanwhile, June was living it up on the dance marathon circuit, which is what it sounds like where people dance for a long period of time. People would seriously injure themselves and sometimes even die doing these. The new act with Louise and these girls, it was fine. However, once again, Rose is trying to get these people to perform an act which is best suited for kids. Louise comes up with the idea to look more like adults. And this is where the idea comes up that make everyone blonde except for Louise so she stands out. Which works for a bit, but they are still doing the same childish act. 
With vaudeville dying as a form of entertainment and there only being five theatres remaining nationwide, they were pretty desperate to find gigs. Rose was able to find a new agent, Sam. He got them a gig at Kansas City Theatre called Gaiety Theatre. The signage said burlesque. Rose was very upset about this being their new gig. She goes to tell Sam that they're not doing this and they would rather starve. Louise is like, no, we are already starving. Let's just do it. There's no more vaudeville. This is our only option. So it was decided they would do their act there. There was a dancer called Tessie. However, her gimmick was being able to make like her nipple tassels move like in certain directions. The manager of the burlesque club wasn't happy about this act being there either. A vaudeville performance in this show? Ugh, you don't want to bring the place down. The manager did see Louise and was wondering if she could act. Since Tessie refused to do comedy scenes, they were like, oh, we'll get Louise to do that as well. Rose reasoned with herself by saying it's all experience in the end, so it will help. Over time, Louise made the act her own, added in her own lines. The Gaiety Theatre ended up getting shut down for complaints of shocking displays of anatomy and immoral parties. They ended up being able to get a gig at the Gaiety Theatre in Toledo, so same name, different spelling. The show there was called Girls from the Follies. The star was Gladys Clark, and one night she got drunk and assaulted a hotel manager, therefore was in jail, and they need a replacement quick. The producer, Ed Ryan, was in shambles trying to find one. Rose Louise and the Hollywood Blondes all stood in the lobby waiting for Ed Ryan just to acknowledge them while he's frantic just trying to find a replacement. There isn't any show without her, he explained to the theatre manager. Where can you find a woman in Toledo who strips, does scenes and plays five musical instruments? This is where Louise has decided to become Gypsy Rose Lee. She has a new attitude and tells Ed Ryan that she can fill in for the missing lead, strip scenes and all. This story does change throughout records that are kept. Sometimes Gypsy Rose Lee says, it was me, I did it, I wanted to do this from the start. And sometimes it's said that Rose is actually the one who suggested Louise can strip. Um, it's not even sure where her name, Gypsy Rose Lee, except for the Rose part, obviously, did come from. Was it from her lush, exotic beauty and roaming nature or her ability to read tea leaves or a nickname from childhood because she wore a bandana in the winter and summer and that's how we catch up to pretty much where the musical ends so what actually happened after this to gypsy rose and june so we know what happened with gypsy because this musical wouldn't exist if she didn't actually make it successfully she became famous for her burlesque career and in other parts of show business she was able to break away from her mum, but she did have to keep paying her regularly so that her mum would stop bothering her. She did perform in Siegfried's Follies, which was the same show that Fanny Bryce had performed in, so a cute little circle from when she was able to do a scene with her when she was younger. When breaking into the film industry, the studio made her use the name Louise Hovick so that people wouldn't connect the dots and be like, I'm not seeing a movie with no stripper in it. Her movies weren't blockbusters, so therefore the studio ended up dropping her. She collaborated with producer Michael Todd and was able to have a few successful shows and even opened their own nightclub. She then eventually got into writing. In 1941, she wrote a mystery thriller book called The G-String Murders, which eventually got turned into a movie named Lady of Burlesque. She also became a playwright and wrote The Naked Genius in 1943, 
which also eventually got released into a movie called Dollface. She had three husbands, Robert Mizzy, who she was married for for about four years. The year after they got divorced, she married Alexander Kirkland for about two years and finally married Julio de Diego, who was her longest marriage from 1948 to 1955. She fathered a son who was fathered by Otto Preminger, who was an Austro-Hungarian director, and their son's name was Eric. Throughout Eric's life, she would lie about who his dad is and eventually did tell him that Otto was his dad, with him assuming that the whole time since he was a close family friend. Gypsy eventually got her own talk show and did a few spots on other TV shows with heaps of appearances on Hollywood Squares. She passed away in 1970 from lung cancer. Now Rose. After Gypsy's success, Rose was getting regular payments from her. Sometimes this wasn't enough and Rose would still send letters to Gypsy threatening to expose her for being a cruel and selfish person. I mentioned before about the incident of pushing a hotel manager out of a window. This isn't the only death of a person that has been related back to Rose. After running her own boarding house, which is titled Witchwood Manor, that housed women believed to be lesbians, there was a suspicious death of Genevieve Augustine. It is rumoured that Rose was in a relationship with Genevieve and Rose got jealous of her making a pass at her daughter Gypsy and shot her dead. However, the death of Genevieve was ruled a suicide and Rose was never charged. Rose ended up dying in 1954 of terminal cancer. June was not a fan at all of Gypsy doing burlesque. She looked down on that kind of art form. After her dance marathoning, June Havoc was successful in Hollywood, on Broadway, television and radio. Like her sister, she was also married three times. After Bobby, she married Donald S. Gibbs and William Spire. Like Gypsy, she also wrote her own memoir. Both her and Gypsy did wait until Rose had died until they released them. June would even defend her mum, saying she had drive and ambition. What's wrong with that? June did have a child with Bobby Reed named April Kent or April Hyde. April herself also was an actress. June was a part of the Committee for the First Amendment, a group that was for the freedom of speech in the film industry. This was brought on by the hearings of the House of Un-American Activities Committee, who were conducting investigation of communist infiltration in the film industry. She also founded a theatrical training program called YouthBridge for underprivileged community in Bridgeport, Connecticut. June ended up dying in 2010 at the age of 97, most likely due to natural causes slash old age. And that's Gypsy, everyone. Hope you all enjoyed this episode of True Tunes. I will be doing a two-week break as I am currently in the progress of moving house. So the next episode will be the first Tuesday of April. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter. The handle for those is Drink Show Pod. You can also check out the Spotify playlist that contains my fave songs from the musicals I have done so far. And link for that will be in the show notes. Thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Ha 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 ha